Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network for this Monday, June the 6th. Thanks for joining us here on AFR. I'm Tim Wildman, along with Fred Jackson. Good morning, Fred. Morning, Tim. Welcome back from your break. Thank you. Steve Jordan. Hey, good morning, everybody. Yeah, we had a little family vacation last week. Nice. Uh, with my three children and ten grandchildren and their spouses. <laughs> and it's a vacation? Well, of sorts. I guess you could <laughs> say our little small army. That's what I call us. We invaded Fort Walton Beach, Florida there for a week. Uh, uh-huh. And it will never be the same. <laughs> We, 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 we're, 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 some people are mountain people, right? I mean, uh, some people like to do lake people, whatever we're beach beach sure for a family vacation. We Absolutely. like to go to the beach because yeah. the kids love it and yeah. just watch them play in the waves. Just make sure they don't float out to sea. Right. Uh, it's free entertainment. Well, it's not free. You got to pay for the condo, uh-huh. but it, otherwise you can sit on the beach for free. Right. Yeah. And, and the pool and everything like that. So we had a wonderful time. Good. Good. Uh, Last week, we generally prefer the Destin, uh, Fort Walton Beach area. Beautiful yeah. beach area. Huge Air Force Base right there. Yes. Yeah, Elgin absolutely. Air yeah. Force Base. Largest in the country, I read. It is, and so that you get to see free air shows every now and then. The, yeah. Those oh, fighter yeah. fighter jets take off. They come over. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun. During the day, you're absolutely right on training exercises. Anyway, we had a wonderful time, and uh, uh, nobody was hurt. That's and uh, came came home and uh, ready to get back at it again. Uh, you going on a any kind of? Well, we were away this weekend celebrating some birthdays in the family. Okay. Uh, my birthday actually on the weekend, and then uh, our youngest daughter has a birthday today. So okay. we got together in Charlotte, North Carolina. That's that. Uh, what was that about an eight-hour drive for you? No, we flew over, and okay. our our uh, son-in-law and daughter, are, they're based at Fort Jackson in Columbia. So it was right. about an hour drive for them, about an hour flight for us. Gotcha. Got together in Charlotte, just had a great time. Awesome. Yeah. Steve? Yes. I'm, I'm glad to be here for a whole hour and a half. I've, I've been working out, do, doing yeah. some extra uh, dinner table curls. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Ed couldn't be here today. Ray's out. <laughs> So Ray Ray hurt himself again, right? Ray yeah. Ray Pritchard. Yeah. Did he, did he tell Ray. anybody this yet? Ray and bicycles. I don't think it's been. Yeah. Until not, now. Not, go, not <laughs> so, going. Well, well. I'll I'll let him tell yes. folks. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But he it's not a serious injury. <laughs> no. No. He, but he uh, Ray's a cyclist, as we know, and uh, Ray Pritchard we're talking about, who's been doing the eight nine nine to ten o'clock hour for us for like two mm-hmm. months. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. But he's uh, off that, and he's going to be back in the today's issues uh, uh, rotation. All right, we hope everybody had a great weekend and so much to talk about. And Dr. Ray Rooney will be joining us at 1045. Ray works for us here. He's a digital media editor of The Stand, and he's also uh, life, been involved in the United Methodist Church for many, many years. And um, there's a split in the United Methodist Church over the issue of homosexuality. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna, and a lot of churches are. St- well, I don't know about a lot. Well, we'll ask him about that. Uh, the the the. Uh, I'm talking about not just a ideological split, but a physical uh, 
legal split between yeah. a lot of the churches. They're yeah. they're leaving be, over this issue because uh, the United Methodist Church has decided to uh, ordain mm-hmm. uh, homosexuals. Yes, uh, which the Bible. Listen, folks. God loves everybody, but God requires that we submit our lives to Him mm-hmm. in every way, and uh, including including sexuality. Mm-hmm. And it's clear in in the Scriptures that almost for for decades now, the United Methodist Church has had in their Book of Discipline that uh, homosexuality, homosexual behavior is incompatible, that's the word that they've always used, with Christian teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, uh, but now there's a move, as there is in pop culture, to say, no, all LGBTQ things are uh, perfectly fine according to pop culture and also according to Scripture. Scripture, and that's just an inaccurate view. It's very interesting. The This morning on Fox and Friends, they did a feature on a homosexual pastor. And it was interesting to hear his, his and I, I stress his theology, not biblical, his theology. Right, right, right. right. His theology is, and there's always an element tr- to truth to a lie, uh, a good lie. And what I'm saying The best is, lies are half-truths. Exactly. <laughs> so he says, God loves me. And okay. that's true. That's true. But then he added, God loves me just the way I am. Hmm. And that's not true. God God loves everybody, but he doesn't accept their sin. Hey, the, listen, for 2,000 years, this is uh, the accepted teaching in all of Christendom was that homosexual behavior is against the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And it's just now in the last couple of decades that there's been this push to say, no, uh, that's an incorrect teaching. Mm-hmm. And uh, that this kind of behavior is is acceptable. In yeah. fact, is condoned. It's interesting. You know, I I used to co-host with your dad yeah. on AFA Today, a yeah. program that he hosted right. uh, at, at noon each day it was. And your dad ordained United Methodist pastor. He saw this coming 25 right. years ago. Right. And he started warning people yeah. about it. Yeah. And, uh, and no, absolutely. what he said was true. So what does this mean for the, uh, I think, the, the, the second or third largest Protestant denomination in America? We're going to ask believe. We're going to ask Dr. Ray Brenner, what, what, what would be the, I know the Southern Baptist Convention is the largest Protestant denomination. I'm looking it up right now. And some, some Southern Baptists say we're, we're Baptists, we're not Protestant. I, I'm just saying non-Catholic. Mm-hmm. Okay, how about that? Yeah. Largest yeah. non-Catholic. I, I think it, for 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 as long as I can remember, it's been uh, uh, the the Southern Baptist uh, and then the United Methodist in terms of numbers of members, yep. and then third, I don't know what third would be. Well, you, it would probably be Evangelical Lutheran, and yeah. and also the Episcopal Church, and it's really interesting those three main lines: the Episcopal Church, yeah. Evangelical Lutheran, as opposed to the Missouri Synod, different. And uh, United Methodists, and those three, and Presbyterian Church USA as well. They've yeah. all gone that same route. This yeah. is according to a blog post, and I don't have a date on it, but um, 
the number one is Southern Baptist, and they say number two is Methodist, 7.8 million members. Number three is Church of God in Christ with 5.5. Mm. Okay, well, then the United Methodist Church, but they're splitting up now. I don't know. We're gonna, that's what we're going to ask Dr. Rooney about. What does that mean? Because mm. uh, those numbers will go down yes. uh, with the division of the uh, church, church of God in Christ. Is that what you said? Correct. I think that's the largest uh, predominantly African-American denomination. Traditionally, African American denomination uh, in in the country. Are you gonna? Are you looking at me puzzled, Steve? I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm looking it up. What What are you looking up, Steve? Church of God in Christ. I've, yeah, I, just, I know they're. I know they're. Uh, are you questioning me on this, Steve? <laughs> no, sir. I know what I'm talking <laughs> about here, brother. They're predominantly African American. You want to read that? I believe okay. you. Okay. They're not Martians. <laughs> okay. <laughs> They're not Eskimo Americans. They're predominantly black people. Because I always thought that it was the American Methodist Episcopal. Church. Well, they That's may what be, I keep hearing. But. They may be, too. The longer yeah. you're, more words you got, the more chances are going to be in a black denomination. So what do you got right there? The what now? The African the, Methodist um, Episcopal. Yeah, the, what is it? The Met, uh, I just said it. The yeah, I know. That's why I'm asking you to repeat it. <laughs> huh? People, I'm not being mean to Steve. No, Steve and I, no, yeah, we, 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 we love each other. We, 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 uh, so we're just, I'm just asking Steve. He's a newsman. He's used to people pushing him on. And I'm used to looking he, up and get, making where, sure that. Where uh, he get his facts from. I'm making sure that I'm, I'm correct when I say this. Methodist Episcopal Church. Yeah. It's the oldest and largest Methodist denomination. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on. All right. Uh, but anyway, the point is, uh, what's going on in these mainline, so-called mainline uh, Protestant denominations is a lot of them are going to die, unfortunately, sadly. Uh, they're going to die because of lack of belief in orthodoxy yep. and the Bible. And uh, people, they are dying. I mean, they're, the Episcopalians and the Presbyterian Church USA in 20 years, they're not going to have anybody left. Yep. <clears throat> uh, so, but they've chosen that road to go down and the United Methodist church probably be the same way. The United Methodist, not those who are separating from the United Methodist church to form their own uh, groups. And, and there's a pattern in yeah. this, the, uh, leaving of the authority of scripture yes. started at the head yes. of That's these not, churches. Yes. Well, you get nothing to believe in. Yeah. If you, if you're going to, if you're not going to believe in the Bible, as the authoritative word of God, there's nothing to believe in. Ultimately, and ultimately, people say, "Why do I want to go to a church that doesn't believe in anything? Mm-hmm. I'll just go fishing or golfing or to the lake." Yeah, and so you lose members uh, because there's you've watered everything down. Yeah, that's what hap- That's what's happening. It's sure. not. It's not rocket science, is it, Steve? Not at all. See there? Steve and I agree. Absolutely, we've agreed on everything so far. Just <laughs> all right, Steve. What do you got in the news? All right, let's talk gun control uh, with the um, various shootings that were happening. In fact, over the weekend, I think we had another couple of, since we met last, uh, of course, uh, there was a shooting in Ames, Iowa. There was one in Philadelphia. Uh, there was, a, a, I think Houston had maybe one. Chattanooga. Chattanooga, Tennessee. The one in Philadelphia could have been a uh, much larger death toll. Yeah. Uh, that was a nightclub in the middle of the middle of the morning. Is that what happened? It's there? South Street in Philadelphia. People are out on the street. It's a normal thing on a Friday night, but all of a sudden, people started shooting at each other. Right. Some people said it was a gang, yeah, gang shootout. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know whether that's the case or not, but uh, 
I mean, yeah, they haven't found who who's done the shooting. They they're still at large. Well, also there was a cop shot in Chicago in broad daylight. There's been a couple of those as well. Uh, But it all what it always leads to is the gun control people getting out there and saying, and they call it gun violence. Gun violence. Well, we also had some fatal stabbings on the weekend too. They they refuse to go to the fact that the violence comes from the hearts of the individuals. But it, they always, you know, the Obama administration, now the Biden administration, they use every one of those incidents where there's guns involved to say we need, what, what is it Biden has been saying? Uh, the Second Amendment is not absolute. Yeah. He keeps saying that over and over again. What about knife control? Yeah, they're not going to do that. What about car control? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I... I've been trying to read about this gun control. You're right. This is what always happens, right? We have a shooting, it makes national news, and then the uh, Democrats typically come out, the liberal news media, they say, well, see, uh, how many more of these are we going to have to accept before we do something? Mm -hmm. And it's always kind of vague what they mean by do something, right? Mm -hmm. And what kind of new laws do we need? We already have laws that forbid people from taking guns. Mm-hmm. On the school property, right? That's yep. all over the America. Well, that didn't that didn't stop. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- th- so they're really wanting to deal with the physical guns themselves, which is the stop of certain types of guns. Yep, is that that, that, that that's what they would say would help? They they go to the AR-15s. They go to the size of the magazines. How many? I mean, <clears throat> even Trudeau in Canada got involved last week. You heard what he did. Basically, yeah, I didn't know he could universally stop uh, guns. Oh, oh, handguns. Yeah, you're not allowed to buy a handgun in Canada. That's insane. Yes. Listen, as the saying goes, you start outlawing guns uh, for for law-abiding citizens, then the only people that are going to be left with guns are the criminals because they don't care about the laws. That's right. Trudeau, Trudeau said the only person who should have a gun in Canada is a person who is a hunter and sports shooting. In other words, he left out well, self-defense. Yeah, yeah, good point. Now, they don't have the same, Canada, you hail from there, don't have the same constitutional rights as no, we do, right? No, As Americans don't. do. Which is why the Second they Amendment. They don't have a Second Amendment. Yeah, why the Second Amendment is so prized and why people feel threatened when President of the United States comes out and says, we have to do something about this. Steve, what are, what are these folks getting at? By these folks, I mean the Democrats, the liberal media, because uh, I, re- I, re- I read these stories, and it's, as I say, I use the word ambiguous sometimes. Now, some of them are unambiguous. They just mm-hmm. say we need to outlaw guns except for handguns, basically. There are no fewer than eight different gun control uh, uh, bills going through the House Judiciary Committee at the minute. At, at the, the federal moment. level. At, at the Congress federal level, in Washington. Yes. Okay, what do they want to do? Well, there's the Raise the Age Act, which would prohibit the sale of semi-automatic rifles to anybody under 21. Of course, they had to do a carve out for military people. <laughs> what, what, why do you, why? Well, because you can hold a gun at 18. You, oh, duly in noted. The mil- the yeah, military. so you're asking somebody to, you're asking somebody to serve the country, go learn how to use a gun at 18, but forbid the sale of such uh, right. guns. Okay. There's a prevent gun trafficking act which established new federal penalties for gun trafficking. There is the untraceable firearms act, which would curb ghost guns. What are called when you file off the, the serial number, increase the penalties for that. Something called Ethan's law aims to regulate the storage of firearms, particularly in homes with children by setting federal 
and state requirements for how you store guns at home. There's the Safe Guns, Safe Kids Act, which would establish federal requirements, again, for the storage of firearms on residential property, make it unlawful if a person has a firearm, knows or reasonably knows that a minor is likely to gain access to it. There's the Kimberly Vaughn Firearm Safe Storage Act. How many more Act. you got? We, we're, yeah. we, we don't get so That's much two, time. Two, three more. But, yeah, they're, okay. they're going after storage. They're going after – and the last one I think is the, the one that most people are looking at. The Keep American Safe Act would make it unlawful for the import, sale, manufacture, transfer, or possession of a large-capacity ammunition feeding device. It could be a magazine, a belt, a drum, a feed strip. Uh, anything that holds more than, I think, s- 10 rounds of ammunition would be illegal. Yeah. Uh, is this going to stop? How can this, would this have stopped Buffalo? Would this have stopped uh, what happened in Texas? Would this have stopped what happened in um, in Philadelphia over the weekend? No. Do you think? Uh, well, or, or is it who's to know? Well, you, you go to the incident in Texas, which is still very fresh in our minds. This is a guy, uh, he turns 18, he goes out and he buys some weapons. But what's not known by a lot of people, he was arrested on a problem when he was 14 years old. So people started to see a pattern in his behavior when he was 14. But the laws of the land say for somebody under the age of 18, their records are sealed. So when he went to buy that gun at 18... They couldn't get at that record that he had problems with the cops when he was 14 years old. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yes. Well, now what about that? Would that be a uh, would that be a potential uh, law law change that? Republic- I think under under red flag what they're what they're calling red flag laws that would you would be able to open up some of those files. So that might be something Republicans and Democrats could agree on. Could there agree are certain it. things I tell you. Here's the thing that 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 occurs to me. We've had gun ownership. A large amount of gun ownership for cent- for a couple centuries now in this country, and so but, we didn't have all the shootings we had have now in the 40s, in the 50s, even in the 60s. We had just as many guns out there per per capita. Oh yeah, but not as many shootings. What changed? Well, you have a moral breakdown in America. That's what changed. Yeah, you have a the moral family, break- the- and it's going to get worse. I'm sad to say. I'm 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 making a prediction, uh, and then uh, one I don't like to say, yeah. but it's only going to get worse. You you have a you have an, uh, you've had an attack on Christian morality for two or three decades or longer now, and uh, law and order is under siege. We see what's happened since George Floyd, the defund the police movement. Is it any wonder that violent crime has gone out of control uh, since since the defund the police movement of that summer? You remember when yeah. was that? Two two three years ago? When oh, was yeah. that? Yep. Yeah. Uh, you have the breakdown of the family. Uh, th- listen, abandoned God. listen, uh, 50% of the homicides are committed by 3% of the population in the That's country. Right. That's right. The, uh, African American, young African American male has no, I'm talking broadly and generally here. There are exceptions obviously, but, uh, are they, they have no fathers in the homes to give them guidance mm-hmm. and teach them, uh, right and wrong and respect. So it's left, uh, you know, they're, they're left. It's, that 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 takes its toll, and so as, as I was saying, when you have fifty percent of all homicides committed by three percent of the population, yeah. and you have a correlation there between fatherlessness in the African American community mm-hmm. and young boys getting involved in gangs and all sorts of things, uh, so all that, uh, then you have uh, 
Uh, it's, so I mean, it's a it's a uh, it's a general breakdown of morality yeah. and uh, the breakdown and of the family. And so, to your point, uh, like like Governor Abbott said the other day, he said we've we've sold long guns, what he called long guns, to eighteen year olds in Texas forever. We've never had a problem mm-hmm. with right. them taking them out and shooting people, especially in a school situation. Yeah. So you you combine that with the mental illness and drug addiction and all sorts of things. It's it's a serious spirit at this level. At the, at the bottom line, it's a it's a spiritual level. And so the Democrats are doing the gun control. It sounds logical. It's something to do, right? Because. The Democrat Party, as it stands, does not want to wade itself into spiritual issues. It is a dark, no. They, that's why they want to blame party. the guns. Right? They blame the they, guns, as if the guns get out of the uh, right. You know, get out of the drawer every day and go. Listen, none of this, none of this, uh, these gun control laws that they're talking about, new gun control laws, seems to me. What help? What what helps? Help what happens in Chicago every weekend? That's right. You got fifty people. A shot, uh, four, four, 30, 40, 50 people shot every weekend on Memorial Day weekend. Thirty-five people. Yeah, well, that that does gun law is going to help stop stop no, that. And, and that's and that is the logical argument that you can put all kinds of new stipulations uh, on gun control, but the bad guys are still going to get the guns, and the bad guys because of their hearts are going to do what they're going to do, and innocent people will die. So you, let's listen to a little bit of the arguments that are going on on each side. I've got two Democrats that this is that's going. These bills are going through committee now in the House. I've got two Democrats, and then I've got Louis Gohmert from Texas who is pushing back on this. Let's start with uh, cut two. This is Mondaire Jones, who's a congressman from New York, and he is in. Uh, he is warning the Republicans that the they're going to do whatever it takes to get these bills passed. Listen to cut two. You will not stop us from advancing the Protecting Our Kids Act today. You will not stop us from passing it in the House next week, and you will not stop us there. If the filibuster obstructs us, we will abolish it. If the Supreme Court objects, we will expand it, and we will not rest until we have taken weapons of war out of circulation in our communities. Each and every day, we will do whatever it takes to end gun violence, whatever it takes. So, yeah, if you had no guns, but you're never going to get rid of... What, what weapons of war? What's he talking about? He's talking about the AR-15s. Imminent danger to themselves and others, so, such that they might commit... Did that, I'm sorry, if I left that on the end of the soundbite I, I put together, I apologize. But uh, they're talking about the AR-15 style rifles, the, the, the guns that look like military weapons. Is you what know, they're and he's from New York. Right. Those high-powered weapons aren't being used in New York to kill people. Right. People are being pushed on trains. People are being knifed. People right. are simply being attacked. So why doesn't he want to deal with the violence in his home state? Well, again, I, I you know, you, you want to listen to people, make reasonable arguments. But, again, the bottom line is, uh, you, as you said, Fred, you can't regulate um, evil away uh Complete right. with with new with new gun laws, New York, the state of New York are, already has some of the strictest gun laws in America. Yeah, I, I think a lot of this, on the part of the Democrats, is a way to avoid talking about personal responsibility. Mm-hmm. So if you blame the guns, yes, then you don't have to talk about 
uh, personal responsibility of the people who are using the guns. You yes. just talk about gun violence, right? Mm-hmm. As a, I've used this before, and people have heard me, but I can't think of a better way to say it. This isn't original with me. I read this, and that is uh, blaming the gun for shooting somebody or killing somebody. It's like blaming the the pencil for a misspelled word. It's the person writing. It's the person shooting. Yes. Uh, and in, in New York and other big cities, they're not even keeping these people in jail very long at all, if at all. We'll be back momentarily. Stay with us. Hello, I'm Sam Rohr, president of the American Pastors Network, a growing national network of pastors committed to the authority of Scripture and preaching the whole counsel of God. We believe biblical obedience is the foundation for revival and impacting our culture for Christ is our duty. For too long, the pulpits of America have been silent on the important issues such as marriage and family and assault on our liberty. Join us in the battle for truth on Stand in the Gap weekend, Sunday evenings at 6 p.m. on American Family Radio, and visit us at AmericanPastorsNetwork.org. What's your favorite place to visit when you go to the Holy Land? Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. That's a question I get asked frequently, either before we go to Israel or while we're there with the folks that we see the Holy Land with. And I have to say, my favorite place is, and there's so many places to visit, it's like picking your favorite child, right? Which child do you love the most? So it's hard to say, but I got to tell you, going to the Sea of Galilee, getting on the boat and riding out to the middle, and then having a worship experience there with the folks who are with us, it's just hard to put into words. For all the information on our March 2023 trip to Israel, go to the website twholyland.com twholyland.com everything's there the cost the itinerary etc join us won't you hello americans i'm todd starnes with news and commentary next uh, my goal as a teacher as is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom as we teach I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers? Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Starnes. Vicki Hansen of Bowling Green, Missouri, is known around town for making fudge. It's something of a family tradition. On average, Mrs. Hansen makes around 42,000 pounds of fudge every year, not for the family, but for American troops. It's a tradition that started with the women of the Hansen family during World War II. Her father served in the military, as did two of her children. Mrs. Hansen's fudge has been devoured by troops serving in 52 different countries. She tells television station WGEM the military needs to know they're appreciated and respected. She said they need to have hope. And nothing says hope like a box of homemade fudge, all made in her tiny kitchen with a cast iron skillet, shipped out using donated coolers and tin cans. An inspiration to all Americans, giving our soldiers and airmen and Marines and sailors a little taste of home. I'm Todd Starnes. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Psalm 139 verses 23 to 24. 
American Family Radio. This is today's issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Welcome back, everybody, to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. By the way, YouTube has allowed us back on their platform. Is that right, Brent? Brent Creeley? Yes, sir. We're back uh, streaming on YouTube. Okay. So folks can go to YouTube and uh, search for today's issues live and... You'll okay. be able to watch the show. How long were we in uh, t- YouTube timeout? For one week. For one week. Yes, sir. We served our time. We served Off. our time. We're out now. Okay, unless Steve says something today to get us in trouble again. <laughs> we try to be PC as much as possible right here <laughs> so that we don't get in trouble with these big social media giants. So, uh, all right. Well, we're back on YouTube. Uh, so if you want to check us out there, go right ahead. Well, one of the. Uh, organizations that's doing their part to try to instill uh, good character and moral values into young ladies in this country, young women, young girls, is the American Heritage Girls Organization. And uh, Patty Garraby, who's the founder and executive director, joins us now here on American Family Radio. Good morning, Patty. Good morning. It's good to be with you. Well, thank you. Tell us about American Heritage Girls, if you would. I would be happy to. American Heritage Girls is America's premier faith-based, Christ-centered, scout-type character development program for girls. And our mission is to build women of integrity through service to God, family, community, and country. American Heritage Girls comes alongside churches and ministries that want to have an outreach to girls in their communities. And all across the nation, American Heritage Girls troops exist, and even across the globe. And girls participate in badge programs, service projects, leadership opportunities, outdoor experiences, all with the emphasis on a biblical worldview and Christian values. American Heritage Girls. Now, is this a uh, is your organization and the growth of it a response to the Girl Scouts of America going um, off the rails somewhat? Absolutely. A matter of fact, I had served with the Girl Scouts for twelve years as a volunteer and as a Christian mom. I came to a moral crossroads in nineteen ninety three when they no longer thought it was important to keep God in the Girl Scout promise, and that's where I had that you know what am I going to do kind of thing. And uh, the Lord, the Lord quickly told me to start something new. I thought it would just be long enough to get my daughter through the formative years, and now my daughter's daughter is in American Heritage Girls, and that's what God can do with just a simple yes. How do you find out? How do, how do you find out more, Patty, about uh, American Heritage Girls? If somebody's listening and they want to start a chapter, if that's what you call it. Yes, that's exactly what we call it. And I would visit our website, AmericanHeritageGirls.org. And it's a great place to find out where our troop is in your local area, or if your church would like to reach out to families. There is such a need for discipleship in today's youth that they can start a troop for your church right there. How many many do you have? What year did you start exactly, and how many chapters do you have now? 
We started in 1995. We have 1,400 churches across the U.S. that are using this program as their ministry outreach tool. Um, And we're very excited to see how God continues to bless this work. And we are seeing an exceptional growth. I think during the darkest times, that's when you start to see the, the candles bright, you know, shine just a little brighter. And we're seeing tremendous growth this year with all the issues of confusion that are encountering today's kids. Families are looking for organizations with like-minded values that will help them, equip them, and also provide an adult framework for their Christ-loving child. So the, so the Girl Scouts of America took God out of their pledge? That's correct. That, in, that was in 1993, and that is the purpose or the reason why we started this organization was really to provide that option for parents that right. want to have Christ be the center of their character development program. You know, it's one thing to never have had a, a, a mention of God in your pledge to begin with, but it's another thing altogether, like you're saying, the Girl Scouts of America, to have God as part of your pledge, like the Boy Scouts of America did, and and then just to to intentionally remove it is to say no, we we're not we're no longer going to uh, promote a belief in God. Uh, mm. And we're we're that's just that's awful. I mean, I'm sorry. It really is. It, and once you do that, as you know, you kick right. God to the curb, so to speak. You kick all of His values and His truths. And so now what you've got in the Girl Scouts is not character development based on a a biblical worldview, but rather moral relativism. So that's changing all the time with whatever the culture is. And today you'll see the Girl Scouts marching in pride parades this month, and you'll see them doing all kinds of things that Juliet Gordon-Lowe, the founder, never intended. Yeah, Yeah. I used to eat a box of those butter, (laughs) what do you call them, shortbread? Huh? Girl Scout cookies. Yeah. Back when I was a kid, now. Nah, you know, I'm sorry I can't buy them because I'm not going to. Isn't it an interesting yeah. pattern also that organizations reach a point, as Patty has told us, where God was taken out of their pledge, but then everything starts to fall apart, all kind oh, of moral sure standards underneath yeah. that. The same has happened to major denominations yeah. in this yeah. country. The same thing has happened in the Boy Scouts. Exactly. Patty Garraby is our guest, founder and executive director of American Heritage Girls. You can go on the Internet, search that, American Heritage Girls, if you're interested in knowing what they're all about and how you can form a chapter. Anything else, Patty, before one, we let you go? Yeah, one other thing I, I wanted to mention is I um, I personally and we as an organization have such great respect for what the American Family Association has been and will continue to be. You are one of the largest and most effective pro-family organizations in the country, and you have hundreds and hundreds of thousands of supporters and even millions in the past. I've been following you guys since the early days of American Heritage Girls. You helped to give me strength when I needed it to know that this was indeed wrong, these changes, and that there was something that we can do about it. And today you continue to lead Christians in a biblical worldview while engaging in pro-family issues. I love how you have grit and you have grace, and that's actually the name of our new leadership curriculum, that you're able to be gritty to inform us as the public, as the Christian believers that care about this country on what we should and should not do, and I appreciate that. American Heritage Girls love your steadfast commitment and standing firm for biblical truth in this current culture of chaos. And, you know, your recognition of the importance of faith and family and society continues to guide your steps. And for this, we as an organization are very grateful. And 
because of that, and because you're able to help families live for Christ while lighting a candle in the darkness, American Heritage Girls has a very prominent award that we're getting ready to bestow at our national conference, which is this weekend, the week of Pentecost. What a beautiful time for that to happen. And that is the Community Partner Award. And it's awarded to an individual or a company every three to five years who has impacted a community or communities by raising awareness about the mission of American Heritage Girls. And the radio arm of the ministry, American Family Radio, airs American Heritage Girls Raising Godly Girls Minute Mm -hmm. on all of its 180 stations in 30 states. And you raise awareness of the AHG opportunity to millions of listeners every day. And in addition, your hosts like yourself from AFR Radio have conducted so many interviews with myself as a founder and executive director, and you allow your listeners a deeper dive into the HD opportunity. And it is for this reason that the American Family Association is the winner of this year's American Heritage Girl Community Partner Award. We want to thank you for being who you are. Well, we are honored. Oh, nice. Patty, uh, yeah, we'll clap for ourselves here. <laughs> uh, thank you so thank much. You. That's very, uh, very, well, as I say, we're, we're, we're blessed and honored to receive that award. And, uh, and it's just, we believe in your work so much. It, it's completely compatible, uh, with what we do here at AFA and AFR, what the American Heritage Girls Organization does. Patty Garaby has, uh, been with us, G-A-R-I-B-Y. Now this award, uh, are you going to send it to us here or? I'm going to I'm going to bring it to you Tim. I'm going to be at your marriage oh. and family conference oh, awesome. here in July. Oh yeah. And I would love to to give it to you personally, but well, until then, I, it'll I'll, have to wait. I'll be here and I'll accept it gladly on behalf of our organization. Where do you live by the way? Where are you Where's home for you? I'm in Cincinnati, Ohio. Ohio. Okay, Cincinnati. Yes. Well, listen. We look forward to meeting you in person uh, and uh, Patty, thanks so much for being on with us and may God continue to bless your work there with young ladies all over America. Thank you, Tim. And congratulations to you and your entire yeah. team that makes this happen. God bless you. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. That's nice. All very right. Fine. Yes. All right. Thank nice. you, Patty. Amen. Wow. That's a great start to the week right there. <laughs> I'll tell uh, you what. I'll tell you what. Well, we believe in them uh, completely and, you know, mm. uh, there, there needed to be an alternative uh, organization yes to what you know it's girl kind of, scouts was doing these organizations it reaches a point you stay and you try to fight sure the liberalism but there is a point sometimes when okay you're not going to listen to us you're not concerned uh we have to go out and, and try something different which is exactly what american heritage girls has done trail life on the boy scout yeah. side uh same type of pattern Wait, are we allowed now to refer to ourselves as the award-winning Today's Issues? Uh, uh, well, yes, right there. <laughs> there we just know. won an award. She yes. said we won. <laughs> That's right. You huh? got it. That's great. So, That's great. I don't know who we won over, so we can, <laughs> we can, uh, you know. All right, so anyway, thank you, Patty, and we appreciate that. Speaking of a dividing line, uh, there is a – there is one – taking place inside uh, the United Methodist Church, which is the second largest non-Catholic Christian group in America. There's Roman Catholic Church, then there's the Southern Baptist, in terms of numbers, Southern Baptist Convention, and then there's, uh, I'm talking about Protestant groups now, then there's United Methodist Church, historically, traditionally, uh, has been the 
been uh, the second largest non-Catholic. And uh, but there's been a uh, a battle over scripture uh, going on inside that denomination for two or three decades now. Joining us right now is digital media editor of the Stand for us here at AFA, Dr. Ray Rooney. Good morning, Ray. Good morning. First of all, tell us about uh, why people should go over to The Stand and check out our blogs and everything. They should go there because there's great information um, from from award-winning bloggers and we're writers. We're award-winning. That's, that's right. Just, yeah. I'm just you telling just heard you. heard that, didn't you? That's right. We're an award-winning radio show. <laughs> that's, that's why right. I said it. Okay. Um, now, there's yeah. the up-to-date cultural issues, faith issues, family issues, afa.net slash, slash The Stand. afa.net. And now you've been, you, uh, tell us your background with the United Methodist Church. Okay. Um, I've been a United Methodist pastor since 1986. Okay. Um, started at the, uh, at the bottom. I mean, I had no, no education. So other than did you get saved in the Methodist Church? I did. I sure did. I did too. Um, my, uh, uh, I can attribute that, of course, first and primarily to God. But uh, had it not been for my wife, I, I, that, uh, that wouldn't have happened because it was. Uh, I was. A you, so you heard the gospel message at <laughs> I a did. at a United, United Methodist, Methodist Church, Church and surrendered your life to I Christ, did. and then surrendered uh, to it, the ministry. It was only about a year later. So that I, that I went into the ministry or began the process. Well, I got anyway. born again. Uh, at a, a United Methodist camp when I was 13 years old. As they say, God doesn't have any grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we all individually must must give our lives to Christ. Exactly. We don't get, uh, you know, grandfathered in, so to speak. Exactly. Okay, so now we understand your history with the United mm-hmm. Methodist Church. How does uh, – give us your perspective on what's happening today because – Steve had a story. There were uh, well, there's six or eight, or maybe you have it, Ray. How many churches in 70. Georgia? Yeah. Huh? Seventy. Seventy. 70 zero. Not six well, or oh, eight. wait a minute. So yesterday we learned that seventy United Methodist churches in the state of Georgia have said they're leaving the denomination, disaffiliating. Okay, what? That disaffiliating. Is the same okay, thing. tell us what's going on. Okay, well, I like the way you introduced this whole thing because that's really the issue. This isn't about as much about human sexuality, gayness, and the rest of right. it as it is about Scripture. Yeah. That's what this is a, right. a wrestle uh, or a fight over is is about Scripture. Um, and for years, the uh, the United Methodist Church has held that the script what the Scripture says about homosexuality, it has affirmed it. Uh, but there have been those who say it's not. I mean, Tim, I've heard everything from. From Sodom and Gomorrah was was not about uh, homosexuality. It was it was about um, uh, hospitality. It was of or gun violence. Of, uh, yeah, <laughs> probably <laughs> hospitality. Romans one. Um, that's not about uh, what Paul said about uh, in Romans one. That's not about homosexuality. It's about pederasty and and so forth. It's the it's it's the twisting of the scripture that this is really about. It's it's not as much about just what people do in their own private lives as it is trying to uh, trying to legitimize the twisting of Scripture as if Listen, to say that's not what God meant. Yeah, I don't want to get too much into the human sexuality mm-hmm. part of this, but, but that is under the banner of, of Scripture. Yes. That is, the Bible says that as far as uh, human relations go, there's a married man and woman, and that's it. 
it's after unequivocal. That, no, there's a married man and woman, and after that, it's either adultery or fornication uh, or illicit. And uh, now there's a lot of people listening to me right now have been involved in all sorts of things that the Bible that God has saved them yes. from, and, rede- and they've been redeemed. So there is there is hope for forgiveness for everybody. But the standard is in the Scripture. And uh, for 2,000 years, it was accepted, uh, Catholic, Protestant, whatever. Well, uh, that, it, it that goes you, back more than 2,000 years because the very well, first true. command that yeah. God gave yeah. to, to Adam and Eve yeah. was to be fruitful but, and I mean, multiply. since Christendom. <laughs> and you can't do that. Yeah, since Christendom uh, started. Exactly. It's, it's, it's human sexuality, uh, what's acceptable in Scripture is a, ma- a married man and woman, and after that, that's it. That, um, that's right. This, uh, this, no, no shacking up. Mm-mm. No, uh, Mm-mm. Nothing. Uh, so certainly no. Uh, this is not so much about yeah. the uh, the people in the pews, right? All right, we want uh, right. we always have right. encouraged sinners to come to church. I was one, yes. a, a yes. sinner, yes. Uh, and still am saved by grace. This is this is about the clergy. <laughs> this is about trying to trying to make it where it's okay for for self avowed practicing homosexuals to be okay. ordained as clergy and and to uh, <clears throat> practice. Let me ask you one other thing. I know Fred has questions, Steve. Okay, so in the United Methodist Church, which I grew up in, mm-hmm. uh, my dad was a pastor in the United Methodist Indeed. Church, just like you were. The uh, uh, It's not like, uh, like the Southern Baptists, for example. The churches aren't autonomous. They are part no. of a conference yes. or a denomination, even the, even the uh, physical plant uh, the church buildings the land owned by the denomination not by the individual the church infamous trust clause okay that's what i want to ask you so a lot of churches are voting to leave the united methodist church over this issue and to start something else or be a part of something else how much that's going to affect the united methodist church uh, overall will remains to be seen but it's going to be pretty big it's 70 in Georgia, I don't know the numbers, but I saw a list of churches in Tennessee and just one other conference in Tennessee. Yeah. It, it was at least 18 or so. This is Okay, going- but how do you – I don't want to get too minutiae into uh, legal technicalities, but how do you leave a church when the denomination owns the property? Do they is own that, the property? Is that, is that tricky? <laughs> yeah, yes, there there is. Uh, I, I haven't got time to go into this, but there was a general conference that was going to be convened, uh, and it was going to pass this a protocol of reconciliation and grace through separation. Churches were going to be allowed. What's the acronym for that, Ray? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Churches That's were going to be allowed to leave, you know, basically free of charge. If, if, it, if okay. you were going to be allowed well, to leave. Okay. They put the kibosh on that, oh. and and now there is a there is another uh, paragraph, uh, a provisional paragraph twenty five fifty three. Um, what it, Tim, for time's sake, this is what it boils down to: um, money. Got to have money to leave. If 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 the other plan had gone through in twenty twenty, yeah. um, the, the churches would have left. It wouldn't have cost them a dime. Now they're still going to get some money. Okay, right. that's what this is boiled gotcha. down to. This is what, a, this is a money power play. What's the new the the churches that are leaving the United Methodist Church now over uh, over the uh, inher- uh, the authority of Scripture, as you said? Mm-hmm. What, what's their new name going to be called? 
it's up to the church. There's there's a lot of choices, but I I would I'm assuming that uh, a great many of them, perhaps even a majority of them, are going to join the Global Methodist Church. That mm-hmm. that, that that it began in May. Um, so you think it'll be called that, the Global Methodist Global Church? Global Methodist, and the only difference that I can tell in reading the documents of the Global Methodist Church is there is no trust clause. Every church is going to own its own property, um, and and there is going to be a retention of what the what the current Book of Discipline says about uh, uh, homosexuality. It's, it, isn't it absolutely amazing, whether it's United Methodist, Presbyterian Church USA, Evangelical Episcopal. Lutheran, Episcopal, it's all over the issue of homosexuality. I, well, that's I, what they want everyone to think. What it's about is it's about how than, much can we twist the scripture and you and you uh, be okay with it. Right. So, it, if you were writing a book on how all this started, does it go back to professors in seminary? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Um, I can think of one in particular. Uh, when I was in seminary, his name was uh, Joseph Sprague. That's the first one that I can I, remember. That name is famous. Uh, I, that I can remember. He was a United Methodist bishop, and he, he denied the divinity of Christ. He denied uh, just about everything. If, if you know the Apostles' Creed, he basically denied every tenet of the Apostles' Creed. That's he where was, it's, and he, and was he was a bishop. He was a bishop. So, what? what why? Why do you even want a church? <laughs> no. What you're to believe in? Yeah, that, uh, huh? Good, just, good question. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't have an answer to that. Why he? You know. Yeah. Well, it's it's as if uh, these churches, some of the denominations you just mentioned, uh, who are historic denominations: Episcopalian, the uh, United Methodist, the uh, Presbyterian USA, the. Uh, even, yeah, which, evangelical, which, which, evangelical Lutheran. Lutheran? Yeah. Uh, not all Lutheran. They've got to distinguish between the Lutherans like you do. The, and Missouri Synod. But it's like they got a death wish. I mean, because the, as we mentioned earlier in the hour, if you, don't, if you have a church or a denomination and they've watered belief in the Bible down to non-existence, uh, it, pretty soon you're going to l- lose so many people, so many members that, uh, and you're not going to recruit any new ones that you're going to die off. I mean, is that, that, that that's right. That, that's exactly right. And that's what I mean by death wish. It's just like, this is a formula for the end of your organization. And it's being promoted by the people at the top level of the organization. Well, what, what I wonder is if people can see the, the similarities between what's going on and in religious organizations in the hierarchy, it is actually a reflection of what's going on in secular government. Yes. <laughs> it's the same thing. Right. The, the the church, especially the leadership of the church, is being transformed by the culture rather than transforming the culture. That's it's yes. just it's a mirror. This the culture's doing this, so we gotta do this. Yeah. There's no taking a stand anymore. A, a desire to be loved by the world. Therefore, therefore we want to be like the world. Seems like that's in the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> I, you're, I, you're, you're, I, you're paraphrasing several scriptural verses there about uh, getting too close to the world, being one to be uh, at, patted on the back by the world. Uh, well, friendship with the world is enmity with God, James said. There you go. That's the scripture I was looking for. <laughs> I mean, what, you had a question? Just a comment I, or a question for Ray. Uh, as Like with the Episcopal Church, the Methodist Church is global. And I find it uh, significant that it's now the new global Methodist church because there are congregations in Latin America, in Africa, that are conservative and are not with the the departure from Scripture. If it weren't for them, 
we would have flipped at the last uh, way before <laughs> if it weren't for the the delegates from Africa and and that uh, you know uh, across, uh, overseas right. delegation um the american side would have folded on this a long time ago okay and, so one last question your church you pastor now i'm i i am pastor are you interim I, am i asking you something you're not <laughs> okay well i don't know um uh, so should we stop with this line of questioning here? Okay. It will remain a mystery. Exactly yes. what, uh, are you preaching right now? I am. Okay. Okay. At a church. At a church. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Well, thanks Ray. And talk about the stand, uh, where people can go. That's, that's AFA.net is, is the big, the biggest graphic on AFA.net. That's the simplest way is the latest blog on the stand. Uh, and then there's a, there's a tab up there. If you want to see all the blogs on the stand, they just click the tab stand. And people can sign up for it as well. Absolutely. There's a daily email sign up. We send out a daily, uh, the daily digest or the daily email, the top four blogs mm-hmm. of the day. So, okay. Good. Thank you, Ray. Appreciate yes. it. All right, you're listening to today's issues on the American Family Radio. The reason we uh, mentioned that over the weekend, uh, it was reported in the news, uh, hundreds of churches uh, that have belonged to the United Methodist denomination, and this probably this list will grow, uh, are leaving. Yeah. Uh, Seventy uh, just in Georgia. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's so, amazing. So. Uh, but but it is a reflection. It's happening everywhere. And, you know, going back to our interview, we just had American Heritage Girls. And I, I think what's happening more and more, and we're seeing a movement in our, our nation's public schools. Oh, there's yep. a mass exodus there, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, the homeschooling movement has absolutely exploded in the last two years. Yeah. yeah. The pandemic uh, helped uh, push that. But that, it was already trending. Yes. Uh, the homeschooling and uh Christian education. Yes. Uh, Christian schools. Go ahead, so Steve. the Bible says that there was going to be a winnowing of the of people who say they believe mm-hmm. uh, in the last days. And we're seeing all these denominations. The Southern Baptist Church is having its issues right now as well. Do you think that we're in this winnowing, Fred? Well, I, I think there's... Bible there's, prophecy in 30 seconds, Fred. Go. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I, I think more and more there is a desire to try to please the culture versus confront <clears throat> and win the culture. And oh, that's sure. always going to get you in trouble. Oh, sure. Who likes being attacked? Mm-hmm. It's easier just to say, we'll go along. We'll go along yeah. with whatever the pop culture teaches so that we don't get attacked or called a hate group. Exactly. I mean, right? Exactly. Yeah. Problem with that is if you deny God mm-hmm. and the scripture, there are severe consequences. That's right. To wanting to be pat, patted on the back by the world. Amen. We'll be back momentarily with more of today's issues. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.